any of you ever felt like you are taking one step forward and two steps back? I'm sure many of you have it in your life. Maybe you felt like you were finally making progress in something and then setback after setback happened. A couple of months ago, uh, uh, we woke up on a, on a Saturday morning, my wife and myself. My wife had an event that she had to go to at the school that she worked at. And uh, I was going to do a bunch of household chores um, because I'm a good husband. And um, so I went downstairs into our utility room um, to start doing some of these household chores. And suddenly, as I walked into the utility room, it was like squelch, squelch, squelch. One of our pipes, they had had a little pinhole in them, and water had been gushing out all night, and there was water everywhere. And so my first reaction is to scream, and then my second reaction was to, okay, let's switch the water off. Maybe switching the water off should have been my first reaction, but it wasn't. And so I switched the water off and got the wet back out, uh, got all the water up, dried everything, put everything off the floor, um, all the stuff that was there on the floor, put it up, and we thought, what am I going to do? Well, I thought, well, I can, I can fix this. I can fix a pipe. So uh, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to, like, put a new pipe in. So I'm going to go to the store and get some of that patch stuff. So I went to the store. I bought way too much patch stuff. And I started putting it on. And I, and I found that the hole was right on the corner of this old pipe. Well, the patch stuff just didn't work at all. So I failed. And the water still continued to flow once I put the water back. I can't. So I did the smart thing, probably what I should have done in the very beginning, and I called a plumber. And, uh, and I called a plumber called Len, and, uh, who charges the earth. But uh, Len decided to come out, and he said he was going to come and fix my pipe for me. So I switched the water off, and uh, I waited for the plumber. But my wife still had to go to this, uh, to this event. So I told her, I said, okay, you've got to get in the shower. You've got to be real quick. I put a bucket under the weather, weather where, the, uh, where the, the hole in the pipe was. I switched the water on, but be really quick. So I'm thinking, okay, we've had a setback, but everything's going to be fine. My wife's going to get out the house, and the plumber's going to come, and then I can sit down, do my household chores, then maybe watch some sports for the rest of the day. That's what I'm thinking. So then my wife goes up in the shower. I'm dithering around the house doing some other things. And I told her, you've got to be quick, quick, quick. Well, what I've learned is you never tell a woman to be quick. Because when a woman's quick, then she doesn't always do the things that she needs to do. And so my wife took a shower, but she did not put the shower curtain right in the shower. And she gets out the shower and there's water all over the bathroom floor. And I'm like, oh, no. So I run downstairs, I get some towels, I go to get some towels so I can mop all the water up, and I realize that water now is coming through the light fixture in our kitchen, and water's coming all on the kitchen floor. And I'm like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And now I scream again. And this time I'm like, what are we going to do? So now I switch the water off again, but because it's coming through the light fixture, now I have to switch the electrics off so we've got no water, no electrics. And I'm thinking, what? 
what are we going to do? Well, eventually I had to take the whole light fixture down, repatch the ceiling, dry the ceiling out, and it was a nightmare. But for a moment, I was paralyzed because it was just one thing after another, and it just made me want to scream and run into a corner and hide under the stairs and make sure everything just goes away and we'll be okay. But have you ever felt like that? When, when things happen, it's like one thing after another, setback after setback. Maybe for you, it's been some disappointments in life. And when one disappointment comes after another, disappointments can start to be crippling in your life. If you've experienced enough disappointments, then sometimes it's those small ones that will start to break you. You see, because in our house, we had done this big remodel in our house, and in the end, I just got fed up of re, re, doing remodel stuff. I, I was enjoying some Saturdays where I didn't have to do anything in the house. Then suddenly, this one came, and it's like it almost broke me, and I didn't know what to do. And it's because you may have had many, many disappointments in life, and it always seems like the next one is heavier than the one before. Why is it that when you feel that you've just have enough energy and strength to get through one problem, that another problem comes and just slaps you in the face and says, ha, got you again. You see, life can be like this, especially when you're following the dreams for your life. And you're following the plan that God has for your life. And sometimes following your dreams can feel like dealing with one problem after another. It feels like nothing is ever going to work. It's like there's nothing that, there's never going to be a breakthrough in your life. It's like one problem after another. However, if you are following the plan that God has for your life, If you're following the dream that God has for your life, then there's one thing that you must do when disappointment comes, and that's keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. There was a guy called the Apostle Paul who once wrote a letter to a church in a city called Philippi, and he said this to the church in Philippi. He said that he has pressed on to the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize which Jesus Christ has called us to. Basically, Paul was saying, when disappointments come, then don't give up, but press on. Keep going. Press on. And so through this series, we've got to part number five today. We've been going through the life of a guy called Joseph. And Joseph was a man who had gone through many disappointments in his life. He'd gone through the pain of being betrayed by his brother, the pain of losing his family and his identity. And now we find that that Joseph has been sold into slavery and God has been with Joseph and suddenly the place where Joseph was in slavery in a place called Potiphar's house, he had risen to the top and he was in charge of everything. And then last week we discussed what happens when temptation comes. And this guy Potiphar, who was the, the master of Joseph, his wife came and tried to tempt uh, Joseph. And she made advances towards Joseph. But Joseph did the right thing. But the result was this. He ended up in prison. And what happens to your life when you end up in a prison? Let's take a look at what happened to Joseph in Genesis chapter 39, verses 19 to 20. So what happened is Joseph's wife had made advances to Joseph, 
and that Joseph had rebuffed the advances. He had ran away, and eventually uh, Potiphar's wife had got embarrassed, and she screamed out, and she cried rape. And she said that Joseph had tried to rape her. And then it says this in, in Genesis 39, verse 19. It said, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. So Joseph has gone through so much in his life already, so many disappointments, and yet he's gone through another situation where he was betrayed again, and it was another disappointment. And this time, though, this disappointment became the walls of a prison cell. He was stuck, and he suddenly found himself confronted with what I call the fourth dream killer, which is the prison of disappointment. The prison of disappointment. See, when you follow God, there are times when doing the right thing will cause you to have to take two steps back. But, it's sometimes those backward steps that have the potential to give you opportunities that will thrust you forward into the place that God has dreamed for your life. And if you're in a place where you feel you have taken two steps back, don't be disappointed. Because God has the ability to use that place to thrust you forward into the place that God has planned for your life. For when you chase after the dreams of your life, And the plan that God has for your life. There will come a time in your life when you feel stuck. There will come a time when you feel like you may be in a prison. And even though the prison of disappointment has been sent to try to kill your dream. God will use that place to actually fulfill your dreams. And you may be in a place where you feel stuck right now. You feel your dreams are a long way away. God can use that place to fulfill your dreams. So this morning, I want us to, uh, uh, to, to look at what happens when you are in the prison of disappointment. And I want to give you three truths that I, I want you to, to really look at in your life and take away and start to try to apply to your life. Because I believe if you apply these three truths to your life, God can propel you forward from a prison cell into the palace where he's taken you. And so the first thing is this. When you are stuck in the prison of disappointment, God will still be faithful. The first truth is this, when you are stuck in the prison of disappointment, God will still be faithful. Look at this, what happened to Joseph. Genesis 39, start reading at verse 21. So Joseph's been put in prison, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison, and he showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite person with the prison warden. Long before the warden put Joseph in charge, long before, uh, before long, I should say, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and everything that happened in prison. 
The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. Then he finishes with this. The Lord was with Joseph and caused everything he did to succeed. You know, part of dreaming is not always about going through wonderful experiences in life. Disappointment is part of dreaming. We often think we know what's best. We know what our path should be. We we often make plans, and we have our five-year plans and our ten-year plans, maybe our plans for when we retire, and we make plans in life. We map our road to success. We think, we want to be this person, so this is the road that we must take. But yeah, I've discovered, when it comes to God's dream for your life, I found out that our plans very seldom lead to the prize. And I'm a perfect example for this. I've made so many plans in my life thinking, well, this is where God's taken me. This is what I've got to do. And it's like one disappointment after another has taken me from that path that I thought I should be on. And I'm sure for Joseph, he's sitting in this prison cell and he's thinking, what went wrong? What happened? He, he probably thought that it was through the contacts, contacts of Potiphar. But Potiphar was this high-ranking officer in, in, in the nation of Egypt. He probably thought it was through the contacts of Potiphar that he would fulfill his dream. He probably thought it was while he was in Potiphar's house, he could see himself being this high-ranking servant. And he probably thought, man, that is a good life to have. That's a good dream to have. But yet, God doesn't want you to have a good life and a good dream. Actually, I believe God wants you to have a great life and a great dream. Good may make you happy, but great will make you fulfilled. Good may make you happy, but great will make you fulfilled. And part of the journey to greatness, and this is where Joseph was going to a place of greatness, is overcoming disappointments. And times in your life where it feels like nothing is happening and you feel stuck. And it's in these times that God will show himself faithful to you. For God is a faithful God. There's a great author out there called Philip Yancey. He's written many books, great books of the Christian faith. And and he said this in one of his books called Disappointment with God. He said, we tend to think life should be fair because God is fair. But God is not life. And if I confuse God with the reality of life by expecting constant good health, for example, then I set myself up for crashing disappointment. And so often in life, we think, well, if we are living the life that God wants for us, if we're following God's plan and God's dream for our life, then we think that disappointment should not come our way. But the fact is, we all live in this thing called life, and disappointment is part of life. And if Joseph had confused God with this life he was now living in the prison of disappointment, then Joseph's dream would have died. And some of us, we think because we're going through a hard time or we've been through a hard time, that God has deserted us. 
We associate the things that, the disappointments in life with God. But the reality is, no matter how disappointing life may be, God is still faithful. And Joseph, even in the prison of disappointment, a physical prison, he found the favor of God. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus, then no matter how disappointing life becomes, you will find time and time again that God is faithful. God is a faithful God. So the prison of disappointment, even if you're in the prison of disappointment, you will still find that God is faithful. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is this. The prison of disappointment creates opportunities for future open doors. The prison of disappointment creates opportunities for future open doors. Look what happened while Joseph was in prison. Genesis chapter 40 and verse 1. It said, Sometime later, after Joseph had already been put in prison, Pharaoh's chief, uh, chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them in the prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guards. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. One of the worst things that you can do if you're going through the prison of disappointment is this. Look down and start sulking. Look down and start feeling sorry for yourself. The best thing that you can do if you are going through a prison of disappointment in your life is this. Look up, keep your head up, and be vigilant for the opportunities that God will bring your way. I've discovered if you look long enough, and I've discovered this from the Discovery Channel. If you look long enough, you will find there is an abundance of life in the driest of deserts. There is an abundance of life in the driest of deserts. And you may be called in your life to reach thousands. You may be called to have multiple businesses and make millions. You may be called in your life to care for thousands upon thousands of people to help different ones here and there. Maybe you're called to be a great teacher. But while you're going through the season of disappointment, use this time to reach the one person in front of you. To teach the one person in front of you. Maybe to financially help the one in front of you. Maybe to succeed where you are at. For you'll never be able to reach thousands unless you learn to reach the one. And Joseph had the opportunity while he was in prison to lead and to speak into the life of two men who were closer to Pharaoh than anybody else. One was his chief cupbearer. This was the guy who gave the wine and the fruit juice or whatever Pharaoh drank to Pharaoh. To make sure, and he was the one who made sure it wasn't poisoned. He was a close person to Pharaoh. And then his chief baker. I mean, who's like closer than your baker, right? I mean, don't you love bread and, and stuff? I do. I don't care what anyone thinks. 
But too close people to Pharaoh, Joseph had the opportunity while he was in the prison of disappointment to lead them and speak into their lives. And even in the darkest of dead ends, there were still opportunities to be taken. Imagine if Joseph had just sat in his prison cell, not said a word to anybody, put his head down and sulked and thought, woe is me. What happened to my life? The prison warden would have never seen how good of a person Joseph was, how much that Joseph uh, uh, would excel when he was given responsibility. But Joseph, in the prison of disappointment, he lifted up his head and he saw the opportunities around. And one of the opportunities was to, to lead people who had the ability to thrust him forward into the palace. For God will never be able to trust you in the palace until you've been faithful in the prison. You know, one of my favorite people at Generation Church, well, you're all my favorite people. I love you all. And I'm probably going to embarrass him, but it's Zach McCormick. And the reason one of my favorite people is Zach McCormick, not just because he likes soccer, even though he supports a bad soccer team. And he's a Cleveland Browns fan, and he's a Red Sox. I mean, why am I even friends with him? Like, come on. But anyway. But what I love about Zach is this. Zach is one of our leaders here at Generation Church. Before he ever became a leader, Zach was the guy who would be here in this building at 3 in the morning painting a wall. He'd be the guy when no one else wanted to lead an outreach, says, I'll do it. He was the one who, who would, would be here when no one else was here because he would drive by and he would see maybe a light on or something. He would make sure that that light would switched off and he would come, he would serve and do whatever he could even before there was any, uh, when, even before we even said, hey, would you like to lead this area? And God uses people who will see opportunities. And Joseph was a man who saw an opportunity even in the prison. And whatever season of life you're in right now, be aware that there are opportunities that God will bring your way that have the ability to change your whole direction in your life. So in the prison of disappointment, there are opportunities that have the ability to open future doors. And then the last thing I want to say to you this morning is this. Real dreamers always help others fulfill their dream before they fulfill their own. Let's look at what happened to Joseph. It's a pretty long passage and we'll read it. Genesis chapter 40. We'll start reading at verse 5 and we'll go through to the end of the chapter. It says, while they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night. And each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed they both look, looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? Joseph asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a great vine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, 
and soon it produced a cluster of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, and I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. Three, the three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so that he might let me out of this place, the prison. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison and I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had had, uh, given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white white pastry stacked on my head. The top basket contained all types of pastries for Pharaoh. But the birds came and ate them from my head. This is what the dream means, uh, Joseph uh, told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. That's not the kind of dream I want. I don't know about you. And it says, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later. And he prepared a banquet for his officials and staff. He summoned for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. I don't know what happened to the baker, but he obviously didn't bake good enough. I'm like, I don't know if it was like a Panera bread bake or what. I don't know. But it wasn't good enough. But what you see here, we see that Joseph started to interpret other people's dreams. He started to help people in their dreams. And the greatest way to fulfill your own dream is to start helping others fulfill their dream. See, the dreamers who are all about me, everything's about me, never really amount to anything long term. They may be successful in the short term, but long term, they never really amount to anything. A true dreamer gets equally excited by another's dream as they do about his or her own. And Joseph, he got excited when he heard these dreams. They're like, yeah, we had this dream. Joseph's like, it's God's business. Tell me the dream. Tell me the dream. He got really excited. Because he came alive when he heard the dreams of these two men. He took the opportunities to help fulfill their dreams. I don't know about you, but sometimes my wife will say, hey, I had this dream last night. And she'll start telling me and I'll just space out. I'm like, well, I, I can't understand it. I'll be honest, I had this weird dream last night involved pirates and everything. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't been eating cheese before. I don't know what happened. But all I know is that so often we hear the dreams of others and we just like drown it out. But Joseph got excited. And I tell you this morning, don't wait until you fulfill your dream before you start helping others fulfill their dream. 
That's what many of us say. We say, well, when I fulfill my dream, then I'll start helping others. When I get to the top of my company, then I'll help others. When I earn a little bit more money and we're more financially secure, I'll help others. When I have a little less, a little bit more time, I'll start helping others. Start helping others fulfill their dreams while you are still on the journey to your own dream. When others see you or talk about you, do they talk about the person who all he's interested is what he can get out of me? Or do people say, you know what, that person, that guy, that girl, they're, they're so interested in my dream. They just help me in the things that I want to do in my life. They're so unselfish in the things that they do. You see, when God has filled your heart with a dream, you can't help but desire that others experience the feeling of following God's plan for their life. There was a guy in the Bible called David who had a great dream. God had given him a plan. He says, you are going to be the king of Israel. David had risen to a high place in the palace of Israel. Everybody was like, David's going to be the next king. And then suddenly in the space of a few months, David has gone, been, gone from being prince of, of, of Israel to being most wanted in Israel. David is, is hiding from the king Saul because Saul is trying to kill him. Everybody is wanting a piece of David's head. And suddenly David finds himself in a cave. And suddenly the Bible says others who are also in trouble. Others who are also having disappointments in their life. Others who had failed in things in their life, started to join David in the cave. And David didn't look at those guys and those men and those women in the cave and say, hey, what can you do for me? You know what David started doing? David started feeding them. And David started helping them to, 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 to get back on their feet while he was in the cave. And eventually, those people became some of the mightiest men and women in Egypt when David finally fulfilled his dream and became king of Israel. But it started with David helping them. And for you in your life, don't look at others and think, what can they do for me? Think, what can you do for them? And you may feel in a prison in your life right now. You may feel a prison in your career or your job and you're just in a stuck, in a dead-end job. You may feel that you're in the prison of disappointment in life because uh, health issues have hit you again and again. Maybe it's trying to get out of debt and you've been trying and it just hasn't worked. And the prison of disappointment keeps coming again and again when the bills come. Maybe it's trying to bring up your kids and you've been trying to bring up your kids in in a certain way, but it just hasn't worked and you feel stuck and you don't know what to do. Maybe it's trying to save your marriage and you just feel stuck and you don't know which way to turn. Now is not the time to look down and sulk. Now is not the time to give up. For God is still faithful even in the prison of disappointment. God is still providing you with opportunities that you may not be expecting. So open your eyes and be aware of what God is doing. And then direct your energy to helping others fulfill their dreams. And then God will take care of your dream. 
For God has a plan for your life. And you don't want the prison of disappointment to cause you to miss it. Let's bow our heads in prayer.